Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fish Unfiltered, episode 49. We are back. I think we're back on our normal schedule, kind of. So we, we took a big, big little hiatus, but we're back. Obviously, um, we're recording this on Thursday. So today, Sandy Alcantara makes his long-awaited rehab assignment, his first ever in his career. Isaac, what's up? We have a very special guest here with us today. I'm very excited to have him on. Have him on. He's a former uh, media softball player, and we'll talk about that now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, excited to pick some bones with uh... – with Billy Gill. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned it. The big time to be a Marlins fan right now. Just nine games left and they're a half game out. So a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Billy, what's up? We're excited to have you on and uh, can't wait to talk some, some Marlins. We'll talk about you. We'll, we'll even talk media softball game to kick it off. Well, thank you for having me. I would also like to say that before we started the show, you guys were planning your big 50th episode next episode and you're talking about how you wanted someone very special on, which made me feel very not special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, Kevin, geez. <laughs> Look who's talking. So, Isaac, if you want to kick it off for us. Yeah, I, I have mean... a question. Can I ask Isaac a question first? Go oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so we I work with Jeremy Taché also, and we've had conversations about you. How many hats do you own? Because he told me that you have multiple hats, but that they're all exactly the same. I have a few of these. I have a few Rock Nation hats. I have a I have I go through a bunch throughout the year you definitely you've picked a look that i'm it's working for you but you definitely don't like stray too far off of your look it doesn't seem yeah no absolutely not i think of it in the way that i save a lot of time in the mornings when i get dressed i don't put any effort into thinking what i should wear what i'm gonna wear what matches i wear my jeans i wear my black t-shirt this one i'm going a little crazy i have pink on it for example wow. so I, i'm going pretty have something on it going I pretty crazy honored today. and then yeah that's about it. But I appreciate you and Tache caring enough to talk about my look. That's good to know. I know. I was about to say, the fact that in the Dan Levitard, you know, studio, they talk about you. I oh, think. it's everyone's. It's been the buzz about the offices for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess now I just got to start this off with 
the media softball game really briefly. You guys saw, I'm sure, that play at third base with Nick Fortes getting thrown out by a few feet. Uh, I don't know. What was the bigger base running blunder? Was it Fortes or Andy Slater getting hosed? The the Andy Slater, it was a very similar play in that Andy was going to third base on a ball that got away. I think he got away at home, though. And then he decided for some reason. And it was like the last inning, and we were down by like he had like six runs or something in the last inning. We were getting dominated. It was not it was not a good game. And he decided to take off. And then he got thrown out by like six or seven feet. Like it was not close at all, but was arguing. And then was even like pointing at like the news people that were there that had cameras because he like wanted to see a replay. And it's like, that's not how this works. Like there's no replay review in this media softball game. It also was not close at all. So yeah, it wasn't great. But like I was saying to you on Twitter, I can't say anything because I went over three. I didn't get on base. I embarrassed myself. I decided to go. I haven't played softball in a while. I decided I was going to be cute and thinking that I was like 10 years. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. I decided that I was going to be cute and try to go opposite field and just get like, you know, cheap hits or like in my head thinking I could put one over the first baseman's head and get a triple out of this instead of trying to go for a home run because there was no fences. So like you could play as deep as you wanted to. So there's no way I was going to hit it over an outfielder's head. So I'm like, I'm just going to resort to like putting the ball where the people aren't and then I'm going to use my speed, which is non-existent now. I grounded out to the first baseman one time. I popped up to the right fielder another time. And then I think the third time I tried to just make solid contact and hit it to like the short stuff. It was it was terrible. It was terrible. Right. I want there to be another one next year yeah. just so that I can kind of redeem myself. But in reality, I'll probably be worse next year than I was this year. Yeah, well, word on the street was that you and your team were pretty cocky and confident going into that game. Is that true? It is. Well, okay. So, yes <laughs> and no. I will say this. When the when the rosters were leaked, yes. The uh the social media was buzzing that it seemed like it was going to be an unfair game and it was going to be one-sided and the implication was that it was in favor of the team that I was on. Um and then when we got there, the other team had like matching uniforms, they had chants going, they had it was like a whole thing. Kevin, Kevin, yeah, Kevin, you were on that team. Like yeah. it was ridiculous. I believe that you guys had secret practices together. I don't know who you petitioned to all be on the same team. They had signs that they were doing, like it was a whole thing. Also, and if you know, I don't want to be a sore loser, but their pitcher wasn't pitching fairly at all. There was absolutely <laughs> no arc on the ball whatsoever. It was like a straight pitch. At one point, I was batting, and they, they it was like Jenny Finch was up there. They threw the ball like <laughs> nine miles an hour underhand right down the middle, and I'm like, what? what is even going on here today? So I'll give you the backstory. The one that threw it 90-something like 90 miles per hour was actually on the Venezuelan team like a, a while back, so he just did okay. that to scare you. I mean, I wasn't scared. I was just like, this is this is at the time I was over to it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm clearly not gonna get a hit today. Like, what are we even doing here? Hey, I got a I got a Slater scoop. He fucked us. I wish I could have watched it firsthand, but yes, thank you to Danny for sort of organizing that whole thing, getting the Marlins Communications Department to sort of do this for us. But you should have just showed up. Like there was I, I, I told John Eric, I was like, you know what? Can I who cares if there's a third one? And then I saw the list of people he had, and I was like, you know what? I understand. It's 16 on 16. You should have just showed up. Next, next year, time, show up. Yeah. yeah no, next year, there's no stopping me. I'll be there. I'll be batting first and playing shortstop. You know, you, you know what we need to tell John Eric is next year. Um, so the first time that they did it was like years and years ago. And it was like at the end of uh, 
like the week up to fan fest or whatever so it was right before they went to spring training and it was cool because they actually set up like walls in the middle of the outfield like the like celebrity right. softball games That's for like cool, the all-star man. games that was cool because that it was like it was pretty easy to hit a home run like right. you just had to kind of get it in the air and it'd go far enough so like that was fun here it was like you could play almost at the warning track and just let the ball fall in front of you so if you knew what you were doing in the outfield you weren't going to give up a home run but we did not well, believe it or not, there's actually more important baseball happening on this diamond. Just last night, in the last few weeks, the Marlins, after sweeping the best team in Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves, outscoring them, I think it was 36-13. to 13. They came out a little bit flat, which has sort of been the story of the season after just scoring an immense amount of runs, sort of going coming back down to earth a little bit. Billy, what did you see from the Mets series, a little besides the, the attendance? What? Yeah, that's sad. We'll talk about right? that next. Yeah. Well, we'll that's sad. Well, I don't know. I mean, what's the status of Berger? Like, what was he finally diagnosed with? Right quad tightness. Right quad tightness. I I think there's optimism that he'll be fine. So but day to day. Day to day. Luckily, there's an off day today, and they don't play. So that's, yeah. They needed this off day in the worst way, but he seems to be fine. And, yeah. That's the thing about the team that's been so weird is that they played well against the Dodgers, they played well against the Braves, and then the Mets come to town and they don't play well against the Mets. And it, it felt like going into like this last stretch, I think that of the contending teams, they had like the hardest schedule remaining. Yeah. And they got through the tough parts fairly well. And then, you know, the easier teams they struggle with, which is it's confusing. And they've had bad luck with injuries this, this you know, last like month or so. Uh Solaire came back, which was good. Sandy pitching tonight or Thursday night, and we'll see how that goes. But I, I'm a little concerned about that, and I don't know how you guys feel about the Sandy situation because, like, what if he makes this worse, and then this is going to then impact next season because he's trying to rush back for a playoff run that may be all for naught. You know what I mean? Right. Well, from what I understand, like, it's pure, I don't like to speculate on injuries, but uh, UCL sprain is essentially a tear. There is a slight tear in there. And I, there are pitchers that throw for years with, with a tear in their UCL. And you're right. He, he could make it worse. He just, I think it was just two weeks after he was diagnosed with that. And I, I, to me, my opinion is if he was planning on having the surgery, which we have no idea if he is, but if he is planning on having the surgery, regardless after the year, then fine. Okay, go ahead and come back and try and help your team win. Yeah. But if not, then I agree with you, Billy. It's a little bit of a sketchy situation. It's something we haven't spoken about, really, I think, on any platform. And honestly, if – at this stretch, I, 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 he obviously he's not going to pitch this weekend. I, I would wait to see what happens this weekend against Milwaukee. And this is probably the series that's going to define kind of the course where you're going to go. If if Miami loses two out of three, don't even try to go back out there. He's going to try. Obviously, he's going to go out there, but I would just shut him down for the remainder of the season. I'll let him make the start, see how it goes. Obviously, velocity is going to be the big thing everyone's going to be looking at. Just a guy who was diagnosed with this, I think it was two and a half weeks ago only. I mean, usually this leads to Tommy John, so. Um, I'll, this is something everyone's going to be watching, obviously, and we'll see how he does. Obviously, I, I don't. I would just personally shut him down, especially just what happened, especially if they lose two out of three against against Milwaukee here. Yeah, well, we, we'll see. Uh, he would be scheduled to start Game One in New York on Tuesday, and then if need be, uh, Game One sixty two if it's a relevant game. I think that's pretty much clear. If it's not, then he, he's not going to throw. Billy, just how awesome is it the fact that we're talking about this relevant games? overlapping with the Dolphins season. I can't believe that it's happening because like they got off to a start. Obviously we're 14 games over 500, like headed, you know, close ish to the all-star break. And then 
they were slowing down a little bit, and then you thought like, oh, the All Star break is coming at the perfect time because they'll you know get back on track when they came out of the All Star break. And things kind of fell apart a little bit there, uh, but been hanging in there the entire season, which is kind of surprising. Like yeah. even optimistic person i don't think would tell you that you know with what a week and a half left in the season or whatever it is that they'd be right there and they'd still be contending for a wild card spot uh so it's been fun i mean i've been waiting kind of you know pessimistically to see when it is that like okay like this is finally caught up to them um and maybe it's now with the injuries that they've suffered but maybe it's not i mean they keep hanging in there no one seems to really want to run away with it in the wild card race right now, like the Giants are struggling or they've struggled. The Reds have, the Cubs have seemed way out of it at one point in the season and looked like they were going to be sellers. And then they decided yeah. not to be. And then they, hot at the right time. To have, yeah, they seem to have a, a you know, a, a solid postseason spot. And now they're kind of falling back a little bit. So it's been a weird year. I mean, yeah. the only thing that we've really seen is that the Braves are really good in the national league. Right. <laughs> and the Dodgers started off a little slow. The Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers, but It'll be interesting to see what happens in the playoffs because, like, the Braves probably have taken their foot off the gas a little bit, right, knowing that they've already locked off a playoff spot, which could explain why it is that the Marlins, you know, dominated them. Well, the they year. still are playing for the number one seed and home field for the duration of the playoffs. Yeah. And they're still playing for something, but granted, you're right. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, so, like, I'm not going to take that last series and being like, oh, you know what, the Braves are definitely beatable because, yeah. you know, they weren't really playing for anything against the Marlins but yeah I don't know I mean I'm excited we'll see how it goes I I it'll be fun it'll be fun obviously you guys have have you guys been to postseason games or no I have never attended a major league baseball postseason game I was you know hoping that it would be a Marlins one as a fan and I got into the media and I still never attended a major league postseason game it's gonna be really I I would think just knowing this market and even though you know and you said we'll talk about the attendance issues later even though they did not have the best attended games against the Mets, which is in part, and you, you shouldn't say it, but it's in part because the Mets are terrible too, right? Because Mets yeah. series always sell out because of Mets crowds, but you don't want right. that to be full because of Mets crowd, right? right. But exactly. knowing how this is like an event crowd or an event town and how we did in the World Baseball Classic, if they make the playoffs, I would expect pretty good crowds for yeah. the games. So huh. it'll be a really fun environment and it'll be an environment unlike what we've seen for many Marlins games. Like we've seen environments like that in the stadium, but not a ton for Marlins games. So mm-hmm. I do kind of hope that they make it to see what that's like, because when they were getting the big crowds, um, you know, a few weeks ago, or even like a month ago, you could see that the team, even when they were down in some of those games were feeding off of the crowd's energy. And it was really having them play better, which sounds cliche and just like a thing that you say in sports. But I really do feel like, you know, Bell, Berger, they all seem to be enjoying the time that's there with the crowds, and they seem to be succeeding and thriving with them. So it would be interesting to see what happens if they make it to the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, New York, that New York series, they sell out every night, so or every yeah. game, almost. Yeah. yeah, so all I would think about is, one, imagine if, um, if the Marlins weren't in it. Imagine what the attendance would be like. So it was, it was tough to watch. I was there yesterday as a fan. I was there Tuesday covering the game and it wasn't fun and to, to your point billy to see what the crowd would look like in a home playoff game the Marlins would have to get through a wild card series first mm-hmm. then they'd be finally be able to host a playoff game and i think they would host a, they would get around thirty thousand. I, I would hope so it'd be the least attended playoff game in major league baseball if they don't get more than 30 right well 
they were, I think the last time I saw when they were still in this, they were half a game out still, they would have been playing the Brewers, right, in the first round? As of right now, if they snuck in as a sixth seed, they would face the last division winner, which is the Brewers. And, yeah, they'd be facing the Brewers. And if they get to the fifth spot, which seems hard because Arizona's occupying that spot now and they seem to yeah. be really hot, they would get Philadelphia. So I don't know which team you'd prefer your Marlins to face. I hate the Phillies, so it would be fun to play against the Phillies in the playoffs, and I don't really have a ton of faith in the Phillies. But we'll see. I mean, let's see how they do against the Brewers this series. Because this, this, I mean, this is essentially a playoff series. Like, they need to win this series yeah. to make it into the playoffs, and it's also a good test because it's a playoff team. So it should be an exciting weekend. Hopefully they get good crowds there this week. I mean, I'm planning on going Saturday, so hopefully they get good crowds there this weekend. The one part that sucks is Samar going with that opener, so... Not the best, you know, especially against Corden Burns. And then you have, I believe, Freddie Peralta followed by Brandon Woodruff. So that's not going to be a very fun series for Miami, especially if Berger and Arise don't play. That's the other big one there. I would assume Berger's back. Arise, we'll see. He wants to play. But and obviously, Isaac and, you know, you know this. We, we've seen it these last couple of days. And this guy barely can walk. So yeah. it's not it's not looking good. You know, such a, a fluke injury. We saw it happen. He feeling a ground ball. He missed the ground ball, looks up in like an audience and then steps on the baseball and he had to go straight into the training room. It was it was tough to see the whole stadium. You know, the Mets players warming up on the other side, they were all saying they all got quiet and they're like, Oh sh- shit. Yeah. Um, I guess the last question based on attendance, Billy, is why do you think that is? Obviously the, I think we can agree that the location of the ballpark I think that's a huge factor. It's really tough to get there. The parking is not swell, but you know what? The game, the team is what five games over five hundred. They are half a game out. Why aren't people going to see? Hey, the Mets still have Lindor and Alonso and Kodai Senga and Yuri Perez faced off yesterday, and there was ten thousand people there. Why is the, the Mets series is surprising because they usually do get good crowds for the Mets series. So, like, I don't really right. get why there wasn't that enthusiasm even amongst Mets fans. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Because even la- last weekend they had good crowds. It seems like just during the week, maybe people think it's just too much of a pain to get there and they don't want to do it. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know because they're playing well. They're right in the hunt. Um, and that's really what everybody said for years, that what they needed to do to get there. Um, but like even going back to the last regime, everyone's like, well, as soon as Loria sells the team, we're going to go to the games. And it's like, well, that didn't really happen all that much. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is. It seems like there's just... I don't know. I don't know. I was actually looking on Twitter today and I saw people commenting saying like, oh, you know what? There's just so many games that yeah. do I want to go on a Wednesday. Do I want to go on a Saturday? Like I'll go on a Saturday when it's easy to go. Like for me, honestly, it's not that hard to get to the park. Right. And also I, they actually Thanks figured so out, they, they figured out my trick. Cause I found like I had a way that I would go off of the expressway and then I would kind of like almost cut the line and then go park in people's houses. And then they right. figured it out this year and they blocked that off with cops, which I really am not a fan of because now <laughs> I have to drive like all the way around and actually do it like, you know, most people do. Right. But yeah, the garages, the garages, very nice. Yeah. Terrible getting out on a, on a game that's sold out. It is a nightmare getting out of those, those garages. And I don't know why that's still the case because they've been there. What? Like. 10 11 years now so i don't know why it is that it takes you like an hour sometimes to get out of those garages on full games but that's the one thing getting in and out that's like really difficult is when it's a packed thing i try to always avoid the garages and i went i went as a fan i would say that pittsburgh series when yuri started i think that was on sunday i want to say full crowd i did, i don't think i moved from that parking garage for a solid 45 minutes and, it's you know, crazy it shows, 
at all. Yeah, the, the thing with that stadium is that it's not well equipped to handle large crowds. And I'm not just talking about the parking and leaving the garages, the, the concession stands. The whole stadium is a nightmare when there's more than 20,000 people. Though. He was there at the World Baseball Classic Finals, a fan. And it was a nightmare to get a freaking hot dog. So, I, you know, maybe with some good baseball, they'll see they'll make it a better stadium to equip. I mean, for crowd. the WBC, it wasn't horrible because most of the time people were sitting and watching the game. So yeah, the right. Very long. Right. But now, was, last, last season opening day, I believe it was the Phillies. It was horrid. Yeah. Like the lines were long. I wanted to eat. You couldn't eat because these lines were horrible. And now they have this, you know, now they have the electronic dining thing where you order it from your phone and a little better, but not enough. I don't, what, what I don't understand is it's not like it's a surprise how many people are going to be at the game. Like, you know, pretty much what you've sold, right? I don't know. Cause if you have like a surprise, oh my God, all these people walked up and we're used to only having, you know, 10, 12, 14,000 right. people. And all of a sudden we get 30,000 we're understaffed or whatever, but you kind of know how many people are, you expect how many people are going to be there. I would think that there should be fixes, but I, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never run a stadium, so I can't tell you I have the answers for that. If let's say you were the president, would you fudge the numbers the way that Samson and Loria's regime did? Or no, because ten thousand is is a little bit humiliating in the public eye. For a, I, but I mean, I wonder how many teams actually tell the truth of what that number is, right? Because right. the numbers always seem inflated, and then when Jeter and Bruce Sherman came in and took over, like we're going to tell the truth of what the numbers are, and it's like, okay, like why? But okay, sure, like if you want to do that, that's fine. But you're just going to get like low numbers, and then you can tell us it's the accurate number, but. It just looks embarrassing. Like that crowd that you have there where it says 12,045 people, right? You could have said that's 18,000 people. I wouldn't have known the difference. I would have been like, yeah, that's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like it looks empty, but 18,000 people is there. When you put the number, it really just highlights how few people are actually going, which isn't the best. Yeah. Yeah. I so would, I guess I would lie. If I, had, if, if I had to choose to truth or lie since you asked me. I guess I would lie, but I wouldn't even know how to lie and how to make up like a realistic number. You know what I mean? Like right. what number would you say that crowd is that's believable and I, people won't know that you're lying? 14.7. Okay. But you have to yeah. you have to have like a weird number at the end. Like it can't be like 14,700. You'd be like right, 14,738 no. or something. Right, you know course. what I mean? Yeah. Kevin, would you lie? Pay. Are you a liar like me and Isaac? I mean, yeah, you would lie a little bit. Obviously, okay. you would just well. Don't feel pressure. Lie, lie pressure. You can tell degree. the truth. Lie to a certain degree, because that you can't say that's twenty thousand. Not not even close. And no. I don't know to what extent Samson and Lori lied, but obviously, you got to lie to a certain degree. When you that's guys it. when you guys do stuff like that from the press box, does anyone come over and like, guys, what are you doing? Like, why are you, yeah. What are you? There, there was once I think it was a second. Really? season where i posted a photo like 20 minutes before first pitch and there were literally 13 people there there was nobody there and oh I, but i haven't done you see i haven't done that i during the when the game starts and i see people that they finally say i take the picture and then like in the eighth inning when they give us the number that's when i post the picture and the number i i you know i've I, seen i've seen the tweets before you guys will put out like right before the game where there's no one there and i'm like man i really wonder if someone goes over and says something to them I, i've i've been approached once when it was the twins when they were there there was quite literally i remember like, that 200 people and i was approached saying i see why why i'm like my bad <laughs> but it looked really bad it was just it was like a sandy start it was so why was it so i was yeah. there you threw that that was like one that was like that was a complete game shutout yeah 
And that, and when it comes to fudging numbers, it's not just the Marlins that do this. And no, and exactly. You, and I hope these people aren't watching. And I'll, and I'll go to FIU here very quickly. When their home opener against Maine, they said sixteen thousand people were there. That's there's no true. way. There's mm-hmm. no way. And Billy, you've been to these games. Isaac, I would assume when you were a student, you went to these games at some point. You never you went to really? an FIU game? No. Wow, you're Maybe part of the I... problem. <laughs> I never went to an FIU game. I only spent two years. I finished my degree at FIU for the final two years. I never attended a game. Hmm. Well, that's not, it's never true that there's going to be 16,000 people at that stadium. I don't think it could even hold that money. Well, I think I think that the capacity is like 18 or 20 now. Because when they had – so when they built the stadium, they built it in like portions for some reason. So like at one oh, yeah. point – at one point, like the away sideline was still bleachers, and it, it was like it was almost like a weird looking horseshoe because it wasn't like a complete like oval. And that's when they played like UCF, where they like sold out that game. And I think that that game had like fifteen thousand. So I think when they closed it off, it was like closer to like eighteen or twenty. But yeah, it's been a while since that stadium has filled up. I have a question okay. for you guys. I have a question for you, Kevin, actually, in particular, because you cover FIU, and I'm wondering if I heard this right. And I know this is not the topic that we should be talking about. No, you can I'm talk about whatever you want on here. I'm wondering, well, because it, it's unfiltered. Like, if this is fish filtered, yeah. then we couldn't talk about it. But since we're unfiltered, we can kind of just go crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you. So FIU started with one quarterback, correct? Mm-hmm. And then they made a switch, and now they have a freshman quarterback who has started the last three games, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my question to you. Oh I heard, or I believe that I heard in the last game, what? Am I not supposed to ask this question? No, 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 no. no go ahead. I'm laughing at that. I believe I heard in the last question, or in the last game, that the reason that they started with last year's quarterback was because the current quarterback uh, had a couple bad practices, and the reason he had bad practices is because his girlfriend broke up with him. Is that true, or was that I, a strange report by CBS Sports? Or did I mishear that? Because I heard, I heard that the quarterback broke up with his girlfriend. Okay. I don't know if it was, I don't know if the practices led to that. Well, because I, the implication there was <laughs> oh is that God. because because of this breakup, that's why they made the quarterbacking decision. And then if you remember, in the first game, our quarterback only had four passing yards, and they still had the lead until like a minute and 10 seconds left. So had that breakup not happened, theoretically, FIU could have been undefeated at this very moment, if I heard the story correctly. Possibly. I mean... Because there's no way you could have had less than four passing yards. I'm sorry. That was an absurdity. And I was watching it because it was four yards on six completions. So, like, there were negative yards. At one point, he had eight yards. And then he he started getting negative Yes, he he had negative yardage completions that brought it down to four yards. It was crazy. It was a crazy game. And they still saw it. He also had a chance to win it because he had the ball with, like, two minutes left. It was a perfect time to drive down the field. And he threw a pick like the second pass. Yeah. By the way, lights out. Great nickname for a quarterback. He's I been love really it. good. He's been yeah. really good. I have a question for Isaac. Oh boy. Isaac, how long do you uh, how long do you keep the count the schedule magnet on your fridge for after the season is done? Until I get the next one. Yeah. Okay. And then what do you do with the old one? Do you throw it away or do you keep it somewhere? I have, I give them to my dad. Actually, he his poor his wife probably hates me. He he's got a full fridge. I don't know if he still has it anymore because he replaced it with a whiteboard for his grocery list or something. But well, he has since 2012. Since 2012, the new season, he's had the magnetic schedule there, and I think he's got a, either has them still or he's throwing them out. I'm not sure. Does Lots. he keep it on the front or no? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, put them on the side. You can put it on the side. Okay. So like my parents' house, when I would get a new one, I would then put the other one on the side. So then we had like years and years on the side of the right. fridge forever. The coolest I still actually have, and it's the strangest thing. I still have the 2022 one up there and I haven't a hundred percent. Like it's ridiculous to have it up there. I have the 2023 one up there. I had the 2022 one up there and I think my wife may have just taken it off recently. And the reason I kept it on there was because we had to install on the cabinets, like those child safety things and they're magnetic. So I have to take off, like if I want to open a cabinet, I have to use this magnet to open it so that my daughter isn't going in there and like okay. electrocuting herself, drinking poison, whatever it is that kids right. do. I don't know. But she didn't want to damage the fridge. So like the 2022 one was almost like we used it to like put the magnet on and like not mess up the fridge, but yeah. it looked ridiculous. All right. That's the only way to use that one. Cause I have the 2021 here, the 2019 one here. I have a few of them still. Do you, okay. So do you, the, here's one that I was going to ask you if you have, that's that the I'm day wondering. you could go Billy, you could go on Sunday and get your magnet. I don't like that magnet, but it's relevant to this story. I don't like that magnet cause it doesn't have times on it. Like the one that they give at the end of the year, they never have the times on it cause they haven't set oh, the schedule. Right. But, but how about this? And Isaac, I noticed you said you had 2019, you had 2021. You don't have 2020. Probably. I do. I do. Perfect. This I is amazing. Do. do I? Shit. No, I don't. Yeah, well, I do. 2020. The original one before the 60 game. Exactly. So you. So I have that 2021 also, and I have it there. And I think that it's a really cool piece of memorabilia because obviously, as everybody knows what happened in 2020, the season was like cut in half. It was or less than half. It was only 60 games. So uh -huh. that's the one that they gave out at the end of the previous season. And you have right. something that never actually ended up happening. Yeah. Which I always thought was like a cool little thing to That's keep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is a cool thing, and it's a shame because I was looking forward to that year because I believe they had a oh they did have the Angels coming. That was the year they had the AL West. That's what the first thing you look at. Not nowadays because they play every team anyway. But back yeah. then they'd be like, okay, which which American League division do they get? And I was always looking forward to the East and the West. I didn't. I hated it when they had the Central, obviously. I have a crazy thought that I'd like to run past you guys that I was thinking yesterday. And let me know what you think because I haven't unleashed it on anyone yet. But I feel like you guys are the ones to unleash this on. All right. Oh, we're on so obviously there's the AL MVP and the NL MVP and an AL Cy Young and an NL Cy Young. Yeah. But now yeah. every team plays each other. So what if you only have one Cy Young and one MVP each season? Thank goodness they don't for this year. Imagine imagine the outrage with Shohei, Mookie, and Acuna all in the same. I think it's yeah. like, I like it'd be fun. It would be fun, but I like the way it is now. Two yeah. awards, two Cy Youngs, two MVPs, and two sets of silver sluggers, two gold gloves. Yeah. All of those awards as well, you would have it just one league. Well, because like you have the, the NBA has one, the NFL right. has one, right? And now you play every team. So do you still really need two if you're still playing, if you're playing everyone? The answer just is no. Thought. Just think about it. Just think about yeah. it, guys. I was thinking about it yesterday. Just tr I'm just thought. trying it out on you guys. Seems like we're not in favor of it. That's fine. I'll move on. It's a good thought. But you're right. Do you do you need two awards? Absolutely not. But I like it. It gives another player a chance. I I think it's cool. All right. Is this the portion where we predict our NL Cy Youngs for the year? We could we not doing that, we can do that. We'll do the we'll do the National League only because I think AL is pretty decided. At least the MVP anyway. We can do National League Cy Young and National League MVP. Billy, it's pretty much between two guys, which is great. It could be between four guys. If you really think about it. They're all four on two teams. Who is your National League MVP? Oh, good question. And I know I brought this up, so um, <laughs> I think I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to end up winning it, right? Yeah. I mean, I I think he's going to end up winning it. I think we're all in agreement on that. Yeah, now, whether yeah. he should win it or not is a question. Do you not think he should? 
I think there's a strong argument for Mookie Betts. He plays in such better defense in more spots at short, second, and right. And you can play center if you want him to. And Acuna has just above league average defense and right. But again, he's a guy stole, he's going to steal 70 bases. He's going to hit the yeah. It's hard not to vote for Acuna, but there is a really strong case for Mookie Betts. Did you see? I forgot who it was. So, uh, I saw it on Twitter. Someone was suggesting that they should be following Ronald Acuna Jr.'s 40-70 season the way that they were doing it with Aaron Judge mm. uh, like last year, which I think is absurd. Like If I, they're I, cutting into college games to see if Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh, steals a base, no. that's ridiculous. Right. That, I know. I prefer the home run thing, but not that. Yeah, Even 40-70, though, who cares? I, right. Respectfully, who well, cares? <laughs> well, I'm sure some people will take offense to that, but I, I, I don't think they would ever pause a, a college game just to show him being on first base and maybe steal a bat because then you have a situation where yeah. what, it's a 10-0 game. You would be showing a full inning, basically, depending what happens. Obviously, yeah. he, he, he leads off, he gets on base, you're showing a full inning, and yeah. obviously that takes away from whatever you're watching. And then lastly, with the award, the much tougher decision is the NL Cy Young. If you have any thought on that, Billy? Well, who do you give it to? Do you give it to Strider? Do you give it to Blake Snell? I don't think Spencer Strider is – I think Blake Snell is the favorite. I think you so, think? too. And the craziest thing is that he's gotten very bad run support this year. Like, had he had much run support, I feel like it'd be a very easy decision for him this year. And it's also really random because when he was on the Rays years ago, he was so good. And then he's just had, like – Five or six like average years in between, and now it's like, oh, he may win a Cy Young now, no. where he's just kind of been there around with you know the Padres. Just Padres, Steve, Padres just, suck, huh? They do. Yeah. Sorry, I'm taking this all no, over. Padres are a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. The, um, it's ironic because I went on the West Coast trip for Miami, and the one game that they won in San Diego was against Blake Snell. They yeah. got him three runs, and I forgot who pitched for Miami that day. They're what winning. Game? They just won seven in a row yesterday. The Did Padres. Wow. Yeah. What are, what are they now, game like 10 games under 500? Who cares? Yeah, and something that I could get your opinion on, Billy, because you're a big NBA guy, obviously, as well. The playoff format, the new rules, in favor, not in favor, what's your thought? I, you mean like having more teams in? I like yeah. that it – I mean, I think it's worked, right? Because you okay. have it being exciting still uh, for so many teams. Like they, Because of the fact that no one's run away with it, in the NL in particular, you have like – seven teams right now that are still in it where if it was just one wild card or two wild cards right. or whatever it wouldn't be as exciting for as many different cities so i think that it's good for the game overall i i would agree and then obviously just the new rules that were implemented um the shift i like, I like the I, I like the rules this year i like the clock i like the no shift i like that the bigger bases i think is what's led to you know the fact that ronald Acuna jr is going to have 70 stolen bases exactly. i think overall the league, uh, everyone's been stealing a lot more, and the, the success rate has been a lot higher. I don't know why the Marlins haven't been stealing I was say, much, except for the but like, it's the weirdest thing. Because going into this year, I don't think that people were thinking, oh, the Marlins are going to be like a home run hitting club, right? But the last like month or so, especially since the trade deadline, like that seems to be how they're scoring a lot of the runs, is they become home run dependent, which is not what you should be if you're the Marlins, like with the roster that they had, at least at the start of the season. Like, I thought this would be, like, a fast, more small ball team. Um, but they haven't really done that for some reason. They're, so, they're a pretty I don't slow know. team because uh, John Birdie has – his playing time has sort of diminished a little bit. I know yeah. he left in stolen bases one year. And aside from him, like – Well, really... Hampson, but he's basically just a pinch runner. Hampson, you know I mean? he's a pinch runner. You got – and Hampson's never been known for, like, stealing. He's very fast, but he's never been a huge 
base stealing threat. And then you got Jazz, who obviously still he's great at stealing yeah. bases, but he just hasn't been healthy enough yeah. to accumulate. And even then, he still leads the team in, in stolen bases, I believe. So it just tells you how little they do steal. Are you worried about Jazz? Yes. In what way? And that, like, kind of his inability to stay healthy. I mean, I know that that's not something you can control, but it just seems like he's always getting hurt. It was like it's not the same at all, but it was it was similar with Stanton. Like Stanton, you just knew every year he was gonna miss like a healthy chunk of the season with some sort of injury, and even now he still just gets hurt for in the strangest ways. Yeah, it seems that every time there was like a stretch in, the, in July or August that every time he attempted a stolen base, he came up limping. He came up lame, mm -hmm. and he was always grabbing either a hamstring. I think it was the turf toe. He slammed his toe into the brick in center field. It was funny. Well, then he, in Boston, he came back for like a game and then immediately hurt himself yeah. again. And, he hurt yeah. himself in Texas stealing a base. He was great in that day against Boston. Huge. And like, oh, my goodness, yeah. he back. And then all of a sudden, he's back on the aisle. And you miss a few games again, yeah. I would be worried if that's your, you know, if that's your cornerstone player, position player wise. Yeah, you need him to be healthy, and half of his value is being able to be on the bases on the field. And if he's going to be in center field, you need him to be healthy. So yeah. I do want to ask you though, Billy, would you trade Jazz in the offseason? <sighs> I, I like Jazz. I don't want to trade him. I don't want to trade him now. If you now here's here's a question that maybe we shouldn't ask. If you ask me. Do I think that the Zach Gallon for Jazz trade worked out? I don't know. They they lost that trade. Of course they lost. They that lost trade. the trade. I know, but I don't want to say it out loud. I want to. I want to have faith. I believe in Jazz. I I really do, and I want things to work out for Jazz. I would not trade him in the offseason. I I think that you give him another year and you see what he can do when he's fully healthy because he he hasn't had that. You know what I mean? And he hasn't been bad this year. He just hasn't been healthy. No, he's been great, uh, especially yeah. He has just been mostly consistent at times, but he's put up phenomenal numbers in center field after a rough start um, out there. He's been great. And, yeah, he, he's two grand slams in a row. And back-to-back yeah. -back swings, the first Marlon ever to do it in back-to-back -back games. I, I know Samson, was, earlier in the year, he was talking about uh, that he's having issues inside that clubhouse. But personally, I have not seen that whatsoever in there. So I don't know if you have thought on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will take your word for it over his because you're in the clubhouse. Yeah, right. I'm sure he's got sources, but I don't know who it could. I, I stay up. Well, I mean, like, look, be? if we're not going to beat around the bush, right? Like, that was the thing last year, right? Is that Miguel Rojas and him did not get along, and that seemed right. to, and, and others did not get along with him, and that seemed to be kind of the cause for the rift was between him and some other players, one of which may or may not have been Miguel Rojas, who then went and started blocking everyone on Twitter. Which, by the way, Arias did at some point this year too, which was weird, right? Why did that happen? He blocked. Oh, never mind. But he blocked yeah. Isaac too. He blocked me for a little. Why? What'd bit. you? What'd you do? I think I, he told me it was it wasn't him. It was someone who runs his Twitter. Oh, but like I confronted him. You walked up to him like with your chest out, like what's up? I was like, I was so confused because I I wrote, I believe it was Arias strikes out for just the thirteenth time this year. This was like in May. Uh -huh. And I think he maybe understood it as if like a shot at him. Like, no, it's just so yeah. impressive how yeah, little he's worked out. So I, him and I are great. We're good. We're boys. Yeah. But yeah, he 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 likes yeah, to block he's, he's people very as nice well. To us. He's a very mm. good guy. Yeah. yeah, he likes to block guys as well. The last, for the most part, this organ, most of these guys are are very nice humans. Yeah, they, mm. they are. Who's uh, the worst? Who's the worst human? Oh boy. <laughs> Don't I, answer that. Don't I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Don't answer that. But the last yeah. one, I want to get your opinion on Billy. The last rule before we move on, I pretty much finishing up here is the man on second base rule for the extra innings. 
I personally loathe it. I hate it. That was your opinion. I don't love it, honestly. I don't love it. I mean, it leads, obviously, to quicker games. And you're not, you know, going 14, 15 innings sometimes. Because you basically... It seems like the easiest thing. If you have, like, a competent batter up there, like... And this is going back to, like, small ball, which I used to be. You don't even need to get a hit. You could just do a sacrifice bunt and get the runner over and then just sacrifice fly and get a run. And then if you have your closer in there, you could win the game. Right. Uh, but I don't I don't love it. It's 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 still weird to me, even though it's been a couple of years. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I guess before we wrap it up, I, I do want to ask you, who do you think does end up getting into playoffs? And this is, you know, without Marlins bias, obviously the Diamondbacks are, are in it right now. But, you know, at any point, at any moment, they could just kind of fall off. Obviously, the Cubs are still there. You have the uh, Diamondbacks have been weird, right? Because like at a time they yeah. had they had the best record and it looked like they were this juggernaut, and then they went through like a similar stretch to what the Marlins went through, yeah. where they just kind of yeah. fell apart, and then they weren't in the playoffs. So the Diamondbacks are weird. I feel like they'll probably make it. Um, I feel Not like the Chicago Miami. I feel like the one that people. I feel like the one that, well, I guess there's two. Look, if it was up to baseball, it wouldn't be the Marlins, right? We can agree on that. And then I would guess that they would want the Cubs, but I feel like if the Reds made it, it wouldn't be the worst thing for baseball because you can have Ellie De La Cruz out there and you can have him kind of be seen more nationally than probably he has been so far, and they're a fun team. But I think Jazz and he are, you know, Jazz is the better player right now. I know, but he he just I feel yeah. like he Hey, you need to have the MLB the show cover out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not that fine. I agreed with it, but it's fine. You did not think who do you think should be in charge of it should have been, Jake, it should have been Julio Rodriguez. Okay. Did you do you play video games? Did you buy the show? I'm, I'm a huge MLB the show guy. Are I you really? Yeah. You're not I, I bought it just because Jazz was on the cover and I played a little bit and then I started playing like in minor league parks and then my wife was like, "You need to be an adult and do like actual things. You're wasting a lot of time doing this." Jackson, and I haven't, I haven't come back yet. Yeah. Sounds like a smart Wait, I didn't answer your question. I'm gonna say that the Marlins are gonna get in strictly as a homer. Okay. Okay. Fair They've enough. got, according to Fangraphs, their odds from this morning went up. Obviously, that you could take these with a grain of salt, but they're at 40, 47.8 percent chance to get it, and which is higher than any other team aside from the Diamondbacks and Phillies. So Fangraph seems to think that they have a slight edge here for some which, reason. Which is weird, right? Yeah, I mean, the Cubs are going down a little bit. I don't think the Giants have a shot, and the Reds just lost a few. So I think the Reds are down. I think it's a coin flip between the Marlins and the Cubs. I why, think did the, why did the Reds uh, release Hunter Renfro already? He wasn't good. It was it's, been such, it's been such a weird like trade deadline slash like, waiver period where – the Angels obviously botched that entire situation where they traded away like their entire farm. They screwed up bad. They they messed that up horribly. And then the fact that they just released everyone that they got was even crazier because it's like you're Crazy. just trying to save a couple million dollars here. Like, and you look ridiculous now. Shohei's not going back there. That's no my way. opinion. There's no way he's going back there. Why would you go back there unless, unless maybe with the injury? they overpay for him to come back. You know what I mean? Because maybe now some teams will be hesitant to give him money. I don't think that you would, right? Unless you believe like, oh, if he's having another Tommy John surgery, he may not. I think Samson was the one saying it. Like, you know, now that he's yeah. having another one, he may never be the same pitcher again. Uh, but 
Well, a damn good hitter. Yeah, exactly right. Like there, someone is going to throw a ton of money at him. I think the only way he goes back to the Angels is if they really, really overpay him and pay a lot more than the other any other team would. Yeah, he's still worth half a billion dollars in my opinion. I know yeah. it was a good point by Samson saying like they're not using the term Tommy John. It's it's hysterical. Yeah, it's really weird. It's a procedure in your UCL, and they're not they refuse to use the word Tommy John because like yeah. you said, if you're it's a second one, it would be a second one, which you already had. I think you already underwent it. I'm not mistaken, and he yeah, I think yesterday or the day before. So his the plan is to pitch in 2025 and to be good to hit next year, which is just bananas to me. Yeah, yeah. I, the Guardians yeah. also were weird, where the Guardians claimed all the players that the Marlins would have won, yeah. and then they've wow. released those players, and then the and Reds I'm, claimed Hunter Renfro, and they've released Hunter Renfro. It's it's been a really weird and it sucks for them too because now they're not going to be postseason eligible and they've had to do all this movement like we were talking to matt moore yesterday who was claiming who the marlins claimed funny enough after the guardians released him and he was telling us you know he i think he was telling our eyes he had a 5 a.m flight and that got canceled and then you know he's been having to move so much and when he has family in arizona it's it's been i guess you could say it's been a shit show for him obviously especially you know really not going to a contending team I, i never thought cleveland was really in it that was the weirdest part is that they went so hard seeming to think that they had a chance to get back in it and they didn't really get close. I mean, when you look at it, they technically were, but it's just like, you know, Giolito isn't going to move the needle. Neither is, especially Giolito who had been struggling and then those two other relievers. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And if you needed a reason to go to Marlins Park or Lone Depot Park tomorrow... Matt Moore is more than likely probably makes his debut tomorrow at some point. I don't think that's probably, a selling yeah. point. So, hey, if, if you, what point he was like the top prospect in all of baseball? Him, Trout, and Harper were all like the top prospects in all of baseball. So, if you needed a reason to go out to Lone Depot Park, go. They're really, in all seriousness, there are only three games left. If you can, please go. These guys really feed off the energy, like Billy said. And, and I think Kyle said it perfectly on Twitter. Three games left. Go see your aces. Go see your stars. Hopefully, a rise will be back at some point. But Don't watch Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, uh, Randall Woodruff is on Saturday, and Freddie Peralta on Sunday. Go watch a bullpen game tomorrow night. Watch a bullpen game. That's the one game I'm going to, and that's you know that's going to be you know that what's going to happen, right? Is they're going to win that game and lose the next two because that's just the way the season's gone. A hundred percent. Are you? Would you fly out to a postseason game if they make it, Billy? I don't, I don't think my wife would let me. I would, but I don't think I would be. I like, heard your Detroit story. I think after that, I don't think that would. No, 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 no. I wouldn't like. So I have a two-year-old and now a two-month-old. There's no way I would take a two-month-old two on a play. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. There's no way that they would let me take that baby. No, yeah, I wouldn't let you take that. Baby. No, <laughs> thanks. It was. It was. I was on the fence, and my wife said, "Whatever Isaac decides." And now, I guess I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> all right isaac anything on your end before we uh wrap it up no just really cool background by the way i was trying to see what you got there oh uh, thanks so i have an fiu, FIU. Football. i have an fiu football helmet i have a Stephen a book i have a sandy bo- i have a sandy bobblehead uh that is from when he was like wearing the bathing suit thing i had the the i had this one up there too but my daughter took it and kind of like messed up his head which is the uh the cy one. young one but I have another one, so I but I haven't put it up, so she can't break it. Uh, then I have an Austin Eckler autograph picture because Austin Eckler, if he goes on your podcast, his PR team just sends you autograph pictures, which is kind of cool. Wow, um, and really interesting. My dogs. Oh, that was my FIU first pitch. I put in a little. Oh yeah, that was a disastrous day. Also, I heard it was an awful pitch. 
Thank you, Isaac, for bringing Sorry. that up. It was, it was, it was all right. I heard it from Dan. Dan is the, they gave you a really hard time. Poor, like, well, it was, it was, it, it didn't go well, and the catcher actually did me a favor where it looks like it didn't hit the dirt, but the ball says differently because it's brown, so it's obvious that it bounced. Yeah, you're just like warming up, and you know, one day you'll have a good thing. One day you brought in a lot of low lights in my life lately, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, it was good. Hey, oh yeah, they didn't win the softball game. Sorry. Yeah, I thought you did. Thanks. Yeah, I didn't. Anyway, all right, all right, Billy. Well, thank you for um for coming on. Obviously, we appreciate it a lot. Uh, and I guess we'll, we'll we'll let you get the floor if you have anything to say. Obviously, to to the Marlins fans out there that maybe probably don't want to go to a Marlins game, but they should because obviously they're they're still in it. They could possibly not clinch, but get very close to that to that point. I would say come out to the games. There's only three games left. The last series is always fun. The last day of the season, even though they have to go on the road, is always fun. They'll throw t-shirts into the crowd or whatever. Like It's always fun. Look, how about this? Last game of the season, I think it was in 2012. It was just one of those days that you go. If you want, you can get your schedule magnet for the following year. And what happened? Henderson Alvarez threw a no-hitter on a very, very strange no-hitter because yeah. it was like a walk-off no-hitter and it was like a pass ball, I believe, that ended up leading to them winning and he was on deck he may have had to bat so it's a very strange day but you never know what's going to happen at the ballpark so go out it's going to be a fun time probably it's going to be competitive baseball it's basically a playoff series uh hopefully good crowds and uh yeah oh on friday i saw there was like two dollar hot dogs three dollar beers if you know you drink yeah. beer not you kevin but not me if you're old enough you can drink i'll beer. take the hot dogs yeah so anyway and I was going to ask, I, I don't know, Isaac, I don't know why you didn't ask him. Do you think FIU football is back on the map? Oh, my God. <laughs> Isaac, you said you were going to ask him, so I was yeah. waiting and, you know. Are they back I on the map? Like, really? Isaac, what do you think? You seem like a big FIU football guy. <laughs> what's the what's the record? They're three and one. Three and one? Sure. They could, they, could go to, they could go to a bowl game. Yeah, they'll probably go to like the Boca Raton Bowl. Or Listen, something like if it that. wasn't for that breakup, they could have been Colorado right now. Okay, Isaac, I think that we all agree on that. Game day could have been here this weekend. Colorado, <laughs> Colorado's awesome. I love, I like Colorado. Yeah. Alrighty, so from Isaac, from Billy, myself, we'll see you guys all in two weeks. Peace out and go fish.